three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and everything in between. You are joined by your co-host, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekback. Kenz, what's up? Not much. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. I know. I've been in Texas. Tell us how it went. It went really good. I love Texas. I went through like a phase of hating Texas due to what happened to me in Texas, but now I'm over it and I love it. <laughs> and you miss it a little and bit. And I miss it. Well, how was, tell us why you were there and how it went. So it was initially for my mom's birthday, but then we extended it out to be a week long and then we got to do wedding stuff. Yeah. And um, it was such a good trip. We have a wedding wedding venue. Very exciting. Very and cool. Yes. And then it just kind of started piling up like, oh my gosh, we have a crap ton to do. And yeah. Chelsea planned a wedding from Washington and hers was in Dallas. Right. And it's not easy. It's no. way easier being there. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, I think I did a few things for her. I might have like taste tested one thing and like went shopping for a few other things. I know it's difficult. Yeah. And so we're already thinking, like, should we go back in May or like, do we need to go every single month? That's kind of a lot. It's a lot, but you don't, you have no, like, I was like, photographers, DJs, cake, food, booze. Yeah. Flowers. That's pretty intense. It's not, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. It's a big event. And then Des was saying, well, maybe we should have a wedding planner because then they can do a lot of stuff for us since we're out of state. Maybe. But then it's like, um, well, when do we meet with the wedding planner? Exactly. To pick her. Like, <laughs> just any mini money mo. You plan my wedding. Okay? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I think Chelsea's venue might have had a planner along with it. Yeah. Know. Made it a little easier. That's so weird. So, um. Weddings are intense, but very exciting. But very fun. Yes. And, um, let's see. Then this weekend, I had a great weekend. Um, I went to Glassy Baby. Have you heard of Glassy Baby? No. It's this glass blowing place similar to the glass blowing museum, except it's not a museum. They sell like um, candle holders made out of glass and then um, wine wine glasses to drink, but stemless wine glasses. So just the small ones. And so we did, it was a whole event um, where we did yoga in the studio and it was led by one of my really good friends and then um, wine and dessert afterwards some caramels and then we got a tour of the facility and then we got to pick our own glassy baby that is so fun it was so fun that is so cool and where's that at it was in madrona the neighborhood of madrona cool so fun i need to go there so um this whole organization that put it together she it's a woman-owned business. Oh my gosh, we should have her on. She's a woman-owned oh. business. She's the only owner. She started it. And so she is putting on events around Seattle. And so Glassy Baby was one of them. And then every weekend, like in the summer, she's going to have different events with different like Seattle-like things that maybe not everybody in Seattle knows about. Yeah, we should definitely approach her. How cool. She was super nice. Yeah. Ooh, good idea. I'm excited to also Google it and look up. Did And you had yoga too. How was yoga? It was really good. Um, and then me and Des went to Cafe Mox, which is the best place ever. Where's that? It's in um, Ballard. Oh, cool. I and love Ballard. It's such a nerd place and we love it. You literally, it's all the games you could ever imagine. Board Ooh, games. I love board games. It's literally all the board games you could ever imagine. And then you get to 
play them out for free. And then if you want one, then you buy it at the wow. end. But you can just use it for free. So we went there. We spent like a good, like, I don't know, three hours there last night and paid zero monies because we were just playing their games for free. That is so cool. And, um, and you can get drinks and stuff? Yeah, you can get... There's a restaurant that was super crowded last night, so we didn't go in the restaurant. But the restaurant, you can play games like... Wow. rack up your tab drinks food appies all of it and then there's like a game room that we were in that wasn't as crowded and it's just games that is so much fun i know i need to go maybe we should all go yeah that's so fun next girls night yeah it's really fun really nerdy but we love it oh so cool well that's legit yeah what about your weekend uh let's see well i'm enrolled in a film like a introductory film class just like one class and it's just refining my skills which I think is really fun and I learned like the very new style of filming things and this is more of like a detailed thought out project kind of Mm. planning it out and so like scripting and storyboarding and uh so yeah so I'm really excited about that and also just a refresher because sometimes you know it kind if of you don't use a it bit. you lose it yeah so it, it's been really good and then this weekend um Friday night I just kind of had a chill night um just watched a few movies I watched The Post which was oh. so good um and I kind of want to relate it back to our topic today a little bit and then um and then yesterday I went to the horse races down in Auburn I think and it was pretty fun we rented or it was like my roommate's friend's birthday and they rented like a party bus oh perfect so yeah it was a lot of fun um the weather wasn't the best but I didn't even notice, to be honest. I feel like I became a too true Washingtonian. <laughs> yes. You, once you start to not notice, then you're a true Washingtonian. And then whenever you start to get annoyed by it, I think that's whenever you're like the ultimate level of Washingtonian. Yeah, you're like, dang Because you're like, ah. Yep. It didn't destroy our fun, though. <laughs> Good. But what are we talking about today, Megs? You thought of this one, and it's a really uh, interesting topic. Yeah, it's very relevant. Um, kind of this story came out, I want to say on the 26th ish was the news article that I found. And we're talking about Nike and the revolt that was led by women um, that eventually led to quite a few male executives leaving or announcing their retirement quotes. Wow. So but I was I was a little blown away because um, I happened upon this one article, but other than that, I didn't hear much about it. Had you heard about it before I showed you the article? I think I heard something mildly about it, but I, it's actually very interesting. And the New York Times really did a good piece on a it. A really good piece. Yeah. Like a long, a long one that I definitely recommend. So that one is called... Um, it's in the New York Times. It's by Julie Cresswell, Kevin Draper, and Rachel Abrams. And um, this is kind of what led us to kick it off with this episode. Um, Nike, they're headquartered in Beaverton, Oregon. So I didn't know that. Yeah, the guy that founded it, I think, went to University of Oregon. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it's a Pacific Northwest company, and it's the world's largest sports footwear and apparel company with billions of dollars in revenue just ginormous we all know nike right yeah who doesn't we all have nike probably i have nike yeah (laughs) and i was Uh, i mean it is expensive though so if you don't (laughs) yeah completely understand i was ashamed to put it on this morning after reading the article (laughs) you need to find some new tennis shoes yes 
So really what happened is a revolt um, was led by some women and kind of looking into their overall culture. Um, This included staff outings that started off at restaurants and ended up at strip clubs, Uh, supervisors bragging about condoms that they carried in their backpacks, bosses who tried to forcibly kiss female subordinates, and one female employee even said that her boss threw his car keys at her and called her, quote, a stupid bitch. Wow. I think the worst part of all of this is that they did go to HR. That woman that um, had the car keys thrown at her went to HR and reported this to HR. It just shows like when you're in an isolated group and a precedent is initially set for what's accepted in culture, how it can just linger Mm -hmm. and just be how it's accepted. And that's one of the first things I know that, you know, you and I are relatively newish to the workforce but that's like the first thing you learn on your first day if you ever feel anything hr is where you go hr is it where should you tell be them. where you feel safe mm-hmm. yeah and i think that you know every company that i've been part of has made it known that that's where you go is to hr kind of the police uh-huh. of the company almost and so it's just really i can't imagine how frustrating it would be to go to hr and report all this stuff and then nothing comes of it yeah so that's some, a really negative environment. Some other things that happened were um, another boss referenced a staff member's breasts in an email directly to her, which is extremely unfortunate. And then women were being made to feel marginalized in meetings um, and they were very much passed over for promotions, which I know is difficult to prove. Like it's one thing to have an email to say, look, my boss referenced my breasts. Here is the email. But it's another, like the promotion thing, that's a little bit harder to prove. Agreed. But at the same time, if it's extremely common and all of the men are the higher up powers, then is that your proof right there? You know? Right. That and like, yeah, it has to be some sort of statistics. And I wonder if they have like levels of what makes you promoted, you know, like a guideline of what sets you apart to the next level. Mm -hmm. And if a lot of them met that too. Yeah. So, um, these women who were going to, to, um, you know, explain what was happening to their HR department, the women said that they saw little to no evidence that bad behavior was being penalized. Um, women then got together and surveyed their female peers and the findings eventually led to a revolt on March 5th. The, the survey findings made their way to the CEO, which is Mark Parker. And since then, at least six top male executives left or announced that they were planning on leaving. One of these is Trevor Edwards, president of the Nike brand, He was thought to be the next CEO in line after Mark Parker. What an an up, like, what's that called? Upheaval? What's that called when, like... Like, your your right-hand guy is, like, gone. Well, yeah. It's just, like, kind of amazing, I guess. And then Jamie Martin, he was the right hand to Trevor Edwards. He oversaw much of Nike's global businesses, and he also announced... um, 
that he would be leaving. This one I find ironic. The head of diversity and inclusion is leaving. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the most ironic thing that you could ever imagine. Well, clearly he wasn't doing his job. (laughs) That's the first person you should look at, I feel like. Um, And then the vice president of footwear and a senior director for Nike's basketball division. All people that are leaving. Um, Let's see. Nike after this all came out in March, which, okay, this happened in March 5th. Why did we not hear about this? Is it just me and you or did nobody hear about this? Um, I don't know. I th- I'm curious to see what our listeners think if they knew about this. I also just think that right now um, things are being overshadowed because the news has been so crazy. Yeah. So it's just like, what next? Right. <laughs> So um, here is a quote. Oh, Nike began a review of HR. So after this happened, Nike kind of sat down and started to look at how their HR department was being ran. They are now requiring management trainings, including um, some changes to their internal reporting procedures. Um, A quote from Amanda Schiebel, a former employee of Nike. Why did it take an anonymous survey to make change? Many of my peers and I reported incidences and a culture that were uncomfortable, disturbing, threatening, unfair, gender biased, and sexist, hoping that something would change that would make us believe in Nike again. So um, Nike is also, outside of this, Nike is also facing significant business hurdles. So um, Adidas is making a huge comeback. Oh yeah, they are. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. They were gone for a couple of years and now they're back. They're kind of killing it. I remember kind of even being disappointed that back in the day, A&M was sponsored by, by Adidas, Adidas instead of Nike. Instead of Nike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and did you know that America is the only country that pronounces it Adidas? How is it pronounced? In the rest of the world, it's Adidas. 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 Is Adidas. it an American company? German, I want to say. Oh, really? I want to say German. Huh. So they're making a huge comeback, and Nike is struggling in women's categories, which is the fastest growing segment of the market. Ironic. Which is ironic, yes. So um, that's kind of, you know, the high level of what's going on over there. Do you have anything that you want to touch on? Yeah, I just want to emphasize that it took a mini revolt and and what I think I would be afraid by is like, how did they get them to take the surveys that they took and led this revolt with? Um, how did they get the CE- the executives to take it seriously? You know, he could have just kind of blew it off, I feel like. Like, did they say, we'll take it to the press? Like, what made them actually act on it and for it to start a change? And it's sad also just that the fact that they had to take a survey for it to be noticed mm-hmm. by men. Right. Or even changed. It might have been noticed, but for them to like make a change. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is the article makes an interesting point. Um, while the meet and this is a quote, while the Me Too movement has led to the downfall of individual men, the kind of sweeping overhaul that is occurring at Nike is rare in the corporate world and illustrates how internal pressure from employees is forcing even huge companies to trick quickly address its workplace problems. So like we realized with the Me Too movement, how many women are actually suffering out there um, and couldn't feel like they could speak up. 
But if this is heading now corporate, like how many people go through severe struggles all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a severe culture issue, I feel like, and it should be recognized. It's not made up. I feel like men should start believing us. I kind of feel like they used to blow us off and be like, okay, you're being oversensitive or say, I've never seen that happen. It's because men don't do it in front of other men. Mainly, I think. Don't you? Like to women? Um, I've, I guess I've seen it more often one-on-one. Yeah. But I have seen it happen with, in a larger no, group. I feel like it's not the men that are rooting for them. You know, it's like if, like, let's say it was like you're, you were sitting next to your boyfriend. They would never oh, do anything. Oh, never, 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 never. And yeah. so I feel like that's why men don't see it. Or it's like their buddies that are the ones making the jokes and they're like, he's a nice guy though. Right, right, right. You know, like totally belittling his behavior. Um, so Nike, I guess, is now also trying to change their human resource operations. Um, and women felt like they couldn't grow. So I wanted to also talk about, is it proof that the fact that like women's category isn't growing, the fastest growing, is it proof that it's because there's a lack of female leadership? Like, are they not growing as a company because they're ignoring 50% of the population? That's a good point. Maybe. I don't know. But if you think about it, who do we buy our workout clothes from? I do not. I buy Nike shoes, but other than that, I don't buy their clothes. I'm going to be real. I don't have loyalty to anyone. Like when I just like find stuff that I like, I just purchase it. I have a small loyalty to Lulu because I get a discount with them for being. But they've also had some. But they are every single yoga people, you know, those Lulu aloe yoga. They all are just like shit's hitting the fan over there and this brings up another point that I think could actually be its own and my friend kind of pointed this out to me which I'm actually don't know what side I am on it of of restorative justice like changing the culture instead of like banning people all together and like pointing out what's wrong with people and giving them a chance to change and change their minds versus like versus just leaving a damning punishment. Mm. Um, I think that's a topic of itself. I don't know what I think. So no attacking me yet. Um, Dang. I didn't even think about that though. But like, I mean, if a lot of people are committing subtle things that aren't as bad as, you know, some other things, I think I, in my opinion, I don't think sins are all equal. Um, but like, do we feel like we should correct people and starting to let them change and like forgive men? Well, I wonder, take for instance, you know, these people that coming out of Nike super high up in the company, they're leaving probably with, well, they should like, this is like women haven't been allowed to progress. You know what I mean? Right. But are they just going to go to another company, be the senior director, senior manager, whatever, whatever department? And have and they learned again? Yeah. And have they learned? Like, has someone sat them down? Like, is there a change? So I also wanted to do a deeper analysis. So like legitimately, and this is kind of a question for any of our, I know some of my guy friends listen, but like, and a lot of them are wonderful dudes. So it's, it's not them that do this. I think they're conscious of it, but just men in general, just kind of putting this question out into the void more. Um, but do you feel like this is subconscious or do you feel like sexism is not conscious? Like I almost feel like it's subconscious or just a lack of self-awareness, a sa- lack of self-reflection, like entitlement. 
Yeah, I think that that is a good question. And it also raises the point of they can they can be good fathers, good leaders, but then do these terrible things to women too. Like it's one of those things where it's like just because you're a sexist person, like can you take a step back and see them as humans too and say, okay, they did something wrong and is there a way to fix this? and to help them as well to grow and not be a sexist person uh, like restorative justice yeah yeah I don't I don't know I think that some crimes and some people aren't fixable like let's say a serial killer with severe mental health issues mm-hmm. I don't think you can I don't I know a lot of people might disagree with me and like the justice system there's some people I think you can't correct mm-hmm um, and some people are too deep in there and too stubborn to be able to th- de- like take criticism. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think this is just something that's so much bigger than us. Us. But it's interesting. But the more we talk about it, I think that does change people. I've known like not they weren't the ones guilty of it. But I think I've known a lot of more men recently that are like, oh, yeah, you're right this is happening like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I didn't notice it I'm sorry I didn't stick up for you like you know what I mean yeah and I also listened to a really interesting uh, this American Life podcast it was up maybe a week or two ago and it was talking about you know the rodeo clowns that dress up and you know they have their clown makeup on they're goofy they're running around the arena for rodeos and how after the Me Too movement this rodeo clown has had to change his shtick because before he would he wouldn't do anything sexist by any means but if he was taking pictures with you know girls our age he would put his arm around them you know take a picture with them and then now he's like putting his hands up like this in pictures instead of putting the arm around the girls right and then when women want to like he's obviously dancing getting the crowd hyped up and when younger women want to dance with them he'll like walk away and like won't Mm -hmm. dance with them and then it's just things of like where's the line because he was saying like some onlookers were saying this girl clearly wanted to dance with him and was clearly having fun like in every single way she was consenting to dancing with him but then he was like no 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 I'm not even gonna think about like I don't want anything to come out with the me too movement and so it was an interesting like podcast about where's the line and just that this man as a rodeo clown is taking a step back and saying hey how am I contributing to this me too movement even though in no way shape or form even before the me too movement was he sexually harassing people but now he's like stepping back even further what an interesting juxtaposition to bring up like a deeper point like I think I don't know I think that even though it's hard and we have been done wrong, is there a way, and this is why I wanted to do a feminist podcast. And sometimes it's pretty rare actually in the Seattle area, but sometimes when I tell men I do a feminist podcast, they kind of look concerned and like kind of like I'm an extremist. And the word feminism has a very extremist tone, but is there a way to bring sexual equality with, a peaceful mind and this is kind of why we call ourselves a peaceful truth is there a way to be patient with people and to say hey this is offensive but I forgive you and like let's move on and just correct yourself like is because we can't like 
just not have men (laughs) you know yeah I know I think there is like a fine line that we're all trying to figure out as a society and I've actually had a lot of men say they're afraid now yes well that's what the rodeo clown was saying I'm afraid I'm afraid to put my arm around a girl during a picture like is there a way to change culture in a way where we can all be respectful but also just forgive someone when they kind of I'm not saying forgive a rapist. Mm -hmm. Like that's an extreme and clearly something wrong. I'm saying like a side comment. Mm -hmm. Like is there a way to address something and say, hey, and peacefully like tell people. And I think some of it's like we're doing now is being like, hey, this is spreading awareness and getting the word out there, which is what's changing everything in general lately. But like also at the same time, maybe they should be afraid. <laughs> right. Um, you know, maybe they sh- they need this introspection for a bit. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what's the right answer. I think it's once again above me and you. Yeah, getting deep. <laughs> Another thing, I just think it's interesting and extremely brave because this survey could have backfired for the oh, women that yeah, did it. They totally. could have done internal research to figure out who all participated. Um, they also... Sh- like the issues behind with getting the survey out there, like was that disobeying any company policy that they could have like received backlash for. And I also want to know like who were, was it a one woman that started this? Was, did a group of ladies come together? Maybe she's afraid to say. I know. And did she just distribute it to every female that she knew? It's just like all the logistics behind it. And those emails, like that word could have gotten out, Mm -hmm. you know? I wonder if if the CEO knew that they were taking part in the survey even before he got the results. I don't know. There's a lot of questions, actually, that I have about it. Um, but I did want to talk about The Post, the movie. Um, it just kind of reminded me of it. And also, I just watched it this past weekend, and I know I'm a little late. But Meryl Streep played Kay Graham, who was the publisher and the first female publisher of a large paper, The Washington Post. And... Um, I'll let everyone watch it, but there was like some obvious things like it was in the set in the 1970s. So she, the way Steven Spielberg filmed it, she had to like walk into a room and of like suits and she was very obviously the only woman. And like then in a scene where she was in that same room, she was like seeing the correct answers, but no man was listening. And then a man to her right was just like repeating her and they were all like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So is that what the, what is the post about though? It's about, um, releasing top secret Vietnam like papers. And it's kind of about freedom of like freedom of the press, which is actually very prevalent right now. So it's not even about the government tried to like, um, silence them. Okay. So it's about freedom of the press. It's not even about sexism, but they still... There are some elements about yeah. sexism. For sure. Partly it is. It's just kind of showing the times, I guess. And um, and she so shows, like, it shows men talking over her, interrupting and ignoring her. And even one man telling her that she only got the business because her father... It was in her family. And it was her family's business. But when her father died he gave it to her husband and then her husband died and so one man only kept telling her um it was just because her husband died and the business was never meant to be hers 
Oh, man. And then eventually she obviously sticks up for herself. Aren't you curious as to how much of that movie is truth versus Hollywood? Yeah. I do think it's really cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it now. It's so good. I'm like showing you all these cultural things every time we do the podcast. <laughs> I'm such a pop culture junkie. Okay. Well, um, anything else? Um, what are you looking forward to this week? Or do you have anything else you want to comment on with this article? Um, I'm just curious to see what's going to come out of Nike. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what's going to, you know, not just with their HR department and all the culture issues that are going on, but also what's going to happen with their lack of revenue with the women's department. And um, I just hope that this did bring awareness to people because I don't know if you and I are just sitting, you know, in our rooms with our eyes closed, but I had never heard of this. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And well, we got to spread, spread awareness through that. Um, I am looking forward to, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. You go first. Well, one, the sun is shining and it wasn't supposed to today. Okay. Yeah. Um, two, um, I am excited to learn more in my class. Oh, that's a good one. I am. Oh, I have a good one. Mm. Uh, I am going to an awesome yoga class next week week after um a special guest teacher is coming she is the 10,000 buddhas she does all the 10,000 Bud- oh, buddhas yeah, you mural were painting. Me about her. so she's gonna come to a class um and then she's going to teach us some buddha teachings as well maybe you can give her her card and we can drink <laughs> selfish she would be really awesome to get on but kind she's, of ambitious she's pretty famous i know but you know maybe okay okay love you guys thanks for listening bye bye